Hello, everybody. Before we do our introductions, this is Detta, and we want to give a shout out to Curiosity in Human Form. Thank you, our latest reviewer. We really appreciate it, and we're so glad you're here and listening. And Anonymous in Shoreline, thank you for the mail and right back at you. Mwah. Also, we are going to be doing something a little bit different for Beltane. We've already done a history of Beltane. If you check out our Wheel of the Year, what it is, a little bit on how to celebrate, we're going to do some quick and fast pointers and talk about sex, baby, because it's Beltane. If you have any questions about Beltane and want us to answer it in our quick and fast guide to Beltane, some pointers, please go ahead and send us those questions and we will try to include them in the extra sode. Because on May 2nd, we are interviewing Amy Blackthorne, and we are going to be talking about Beltane and who knows what else with that amazing human. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And we have a very exciting guest for you today. I'm so thrilled. Welcome, everyone, to Divine Hand Gem. Hello. Welcome. I'm so thrilled to be here. This is so exciting. It's very exciting stuff. You all may remember on our palmistry episode, we put out a call to say, hey, we don't know what we're talking about. Could somebody who knows what they're talking about come talk to us? And like like a gift from the universe, here he is. (laughs) I, uh, I listen regularly, as you all know, to the tarot lady, Teresa Reed, and I saw Jim's handle in the feed and then and then I watched him talk. Jim is one of the funniest people that I have met. He's hysterical and he can do it all on that fast little scroll typing on that tiny little phone. I don't know how y'all do it but it's amazing (laughs) and so I reached out to him and he said yes. You are all in for such a treat. I want to tell you a little bit about Jim, uh, about what I have learned about him since I've met him. I've had the opportunity to spend some Zoom time with him. I've taken a class with him. And this is what I've learned from and about him. He's been practicing palmistry since he was 16 years old. He has spent his career, and I see this on a daily basis, he has spent his career demystifying palmistry and fighting for the rightful legitimacy of this divinatory practice. And if you don't know divinatory practices like tarot and palmistry are still struggling to find their legitimacy. And Jim is such an advocate. He's a gifted teacher. And yes, I've taken a class with him. And he's a gift to the witch community. A witch, you say. Jim is also a high priest of the Spectrum Grove. I was really nervous about my first palm reading, and Jim made it really easy and fun and spooky in a I-got-chills-and-they're-all-good-kind-of-chills sort of way. I am obsessed with the woman in white story on his website, which, you're lucky, he's actually going to tell it in the episode. Spoiler! 
You won't be able to respond to this next thing because I'm recording it separately. When you are in Jim's presence, you know that spiritual high that you get sometimes? Okay, so now add a huge dose of joy, a huge dose of safety with a sprinkle of I will challenge you and another large dose of, but if you disagree, I won't judge you. I absolutely adore this man, and I know you will too. Jim has an amazing, and I should keep saying, Divine Hand Jim has an amazing website, and there are so many stories, and we're going to hear some of them, or maybe not. Maybe we'll hear new ones today. But uh, he, just like a psychic, tarot, and astrology readings, the hands reveal patterns of metaphysical information, and you can click make an appointment with him, which I think after you hear us talking to him today, you're going to want to make an appointment with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he takes all the fear. If you have any fear about palmistry, he takes it all away. Ooh, he takes it all away. <laughs> and there is a lot of fear fun. out there. There it's is. Very funny, isn't, yes. Isn't that wild? And I, so I, and I want to jump into that. But the first question that I want to ask you, just to get the bowl. Get that bowl rolling. Just to get that bowl well, we are rolling. in Seattle, so maybe it's get that Let's bowl smoking. Get maybe that, bowl that is it. it is legal, after all. To get, the, to get that ball rolling. <laughs> I love origin stories. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and how you found palmistry? And what was it about palmistry that spoke to you and how you knew it was for you? Right. Wow. I was 11 and wow. just a little kid, right? Raised in a very Catholic, very devout Catholic family. Now, my parents are have used their Catholicism to more truly love people. And so later in life, they're, they're really great uh, Catholics, really great Christians, the people that you would definitely connect with and relate with. When I was a kid, however they were ruled by a little bit of fear. And so super strict Catholic family. And that was my mom's influence, but my dad comes from a family that was much more sort of, uh, much more sort of just, you know, the leave it to beaver type of, you know, um, uh, non uh, secular family. So in the attic snooping around, I found a little pamphlet that in my grandparents' attic, when we were visiting back east, that said, your future's in your hands. And so I used that pamphlet as an 11-year-old, read it, and immediately read my brother's palm. Because you know how you are when you're 11. You read (sighs) one thing and you can suddenly do it. And my mother responded with a snap and a point that my Italian mother is expert at. Don't do that. It's devil worship. Oh, no way. So, yeah, I didn't read poems again until I was 16 and started to rebel and started uh, doing a little bit of palmistry for tips at a bohemian coffee shop um, in town. I had my driver's license and would go and do that. Um, And So had you been craving to go? Had it stuck in your mind? Had you thought about it a lot in between 11 and 16? Really? Yeah. I was um, always fascinated by spirituality. I had a very close relationship with God, with the Catholic uh, ideology. And I had felt the calling of the priesthood when Monsignor Gramer talked to us about it in fifth grade. 
I um, knew that I had some sort of calling to be a deeply spiritual person. And, you know, in freshman year, I mean, this is back in the 80s, by the way, I started having these feelings that I couldn't explain and that were terrifying. Um, Mm. And it wasn't until I was 18, until after high school, that I came out to myself as a gay man. But I was still fascinated by other ways that people experienced spirituality. So I collect, I had a collection of wizards. Every time there was a figurine or an image or a candle or anything that was shaped like a wizard, I would, it was my collection. I had this wizard collection. And of course my mother was worried that it was again, devil worship until one day I said, mom, Jesus is the ultimate wizard, right? And she was, and so she was appeased. I know, right? (laughs) And um, I think I might have put a little picture of Jesus in my collection on the little shelves, just so that she was appeased, right? But I'm like, he is a pretty cool dude. I have to say, he's a pretty cool wizard. If he would have existed, he would have been cool. Yeah. Mm Oh, that's oh, yeah. a whole oh, other we podcast. We had that talk. I oh, forgot gosh. we had that talk. That's a whole other okay. podcast. Okay, we'll move we'll on. We'll have to have you back. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what yes, is the Jesus idea, real? the 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 whole Christ consciousness, the whole Jesus idea of Jesus is is amazing, and I totally agree. Yeah. So there I was, just this sort of, you know, not even a woo woo kid, but in high school I had heard about this like witchcraft wicca thing but i had mm. never delved into it i'd never approached it um and actually it wasn't until i met my husband in seattle that i was introduced to witchcraft as spirituality and you know um it was through that relationship that i started you know circling with our coven 20 wow. in 1992 no in 1998 was when that started so you know i'm old you are not. Um, if you're old, so am I. I graduated in 87, so. Oh, yeah, 89. So I'm happy mm-hmm. to be old. It's yeah. fabulous. I think. I was 10 in 1998. We know, Corey. <laughs> Thanks, Hello, Corey. baby. I like to play that game with my partner sometimes. He'll say a thing, and I'll be like, oh, I was six. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Wow. So it was just really young. Yeah. So reading poems started to become. So here's an experience I'll share with you. Oh, please. So I'm reading poems and I'm sort of identifying as a palm reader through high school. And, you know, people once in a while will find out and be like, oh, Jim can read your poems. And it saved me from getting my ass kicked a couple times from some of the jocks, I think, you know, like, you know, hey, whatever. What are you doing? And I'm like, I can read your palm. And they're like, what? (laughs) and so that good deflection skills probably saved my took us a couple times um and after high school i was like you know reading poems whatever i moved to seattle in 92 just a few years after Mm -hmm. graduating high school and i remember it was the summer olympics and i think it was 94 maybe 92 something and anyway one of those years where we had the summer olympics and I remember just sort of laying around and I had this daydream and I and I'm making air quotes with the daydream because I occasionally will have these visions that occur like daydreams. And the vision was uh, I, I just this question, like in my mind, 
there are people who have won the gold medal at something and they are number one in the world. I will never be number one at anything. I had that feeling. And this divine voice in my head said, what about your palmistry? And I was like, my palmistry? (laughs) (laughs) What? I mean, isn't that devil worship? Like, you know. Wow. And the divine voice in my head said, Jim, and this is something that I want all of you to consider listening. How many times do I have to tell you you're amazing before you'll believe it? When have you ever told me I'm amazing? I haven't seen any (laughs) booming voice from the heavens or fiery writing on the wall. And the divine said, every time you hear a person tell you that was amazing, you've changed my life. I'm, I'm, you know, this was incredible. That's me speaking. So what occurred to me was, what if we start listening to the feedback from the people that we are working with, that we're giving, you know, readings to as the voice of the divine? What would that do for us? And I started just accepting, okay, I have a gift and I'm going to share it. Well, I think, too, if we all believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience, of course, we are all divine. So, of course, you're hearing it right from the divine, Mm -hmm. whether they know it or not. That's right. Yet. Yeah. So so. I coined the term the divine hand palmistry because I realized every human, to your point, Detta, every human is divine and has divine, Mm -hmm. you know, provenance. Um, And it's beautiful. And so seeing when I read someone's palm, I'm able to see their divine gifts, their divinity, their amazingness. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope that's what you experienced (laughs) since I read both of your palms. Mm -hmm. And that is, what a beautiful segue. We didn't even plan that. He's so good. Uh, You did read both of our palms. And and Corey and I had talked on the the podcast about, wow, it must be such a bummer for palm readers. How are they, (laughs) how are they doing their, how are they working right now since they can't like hold a palm? And then we uh, found out exactly how Zoom has and and you had not done Zoom readings before. Nope. I have always but, I was in the same spot as you pre-COVID. I would have said I my business is going to go, you know, mm-hmm. and no, my business quadrupled because now I can reach people across the world. Yeah, that's and amazing. It was and the readings are still meaningful for people. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, it was I like for me. Too, the the process too is like super um there's a lot of I want to say like control and and like autonomy in the process cuz you're like you take these pictures. You send them to me. Like you are they're your hands like you're in control of the situation i am just reading them for you and it was a very like it takes a lot of the like trepidation or like um worry i guess i don't know i wasn't like worried but i imagine that some people might be and that takes a lot of that out because it's like you're the one sending me these they're in your power to do don't I will jump it. in here and say I was worried. And we talked about that on the first podcast uh, about how it feels so intimate. Somebody, you know, touching your hand. And then I thought, oh, well, I'm just sending pictures. It's going to yeah. feel totally it's not going to feel intimate at all. And I would like, 
how should I hold my hand? Will he think this? Will he think that? Well, should should my thumb be closer? Should it be further? Um, are my fingers too curved? And I was like, oh my God, Dada, shut up. Just take the freaking picture and I send learned, it to him. Yeah, I learned how hard it is for me to like relax my hand because I have very busy hands and so they're always doing something. So to take a picture of my hand relaxed, I was like, I don't know if this is right, but. So one of <laughs> yeah, the things that I, that I do that's different from a lot of people is I'm reading your hand gesture. And mm. most, a lot of palm readers just read the lines. So reading your hand gesture and having you send me a photo, a selfie of you holding your hands up on either side of your face, that uh, is a unique thing. And most palm readers don't do that, but it tells you so much information about your unconscious and like what's going on, you know, uh, in, in you know, your hidden motivations, your things that are going on. And so just reading someone's hand gesture is always like mind it is often mind-blowing for them oh my gosh and i did not do it around my face how funny oh it's fine i mean or now i want now i'm gonna have to book another reading <laughs> i'm just saying i totally want to do that by the way like related but not really related i like i'm looking forward to booking another one because i'd like to dive a little bit deeper yeah than right. we this had was... time to so those are some time. myths you're breaking busting yeah. some myths People have an unconscious sort of uh, thought that you get a palm reading once and you're pretty much done. People sometimes are like, oh, I can get, do a tarot reading every week or every day for whatever information is there because the cards are always be different. And there's this misperception that the hands change, that the hands don't change. And the truth is your fingerprints are still identifiable, but the hand does change as you change your life you're using your hands in to touch everything and to interact with everything and so the musculoskeletal you know uh um, development and sort of stature of the hands change let me give you an example if you start playing guitar you will start to have those calluses on your fingers where you're holding the keys with your left hand and you're strumming or picking with your right and do that long enough you start to get those signature uh, guitarist calluses that I can always tell, right? People think that I'm some kind of, sometimes when I say, oh, you play guitar, they're like, how did you know? I'm like, oh my God. Because the ends of your <laughs> fingertips look like mm-hmm. ground beef. Yeah, not you ground know, beef. It, <laughs> I was, I was, that was going to be my next surprise question was, how is it not one and done? Because... And and it's it, right. I hadn't even thought about the myofascia, the uh, yes. fascia right beneath. But of course, that changes daily. Yeah. So you have. So here or... are the things. If you've ever worn rings, and mm-hmm. some days the ring is tight, and some days the ring is loose. Yeah. Right. Your hands change like crazy. Your hands change all the time. Your um, the lines will subtly change based on repeated uh, motion and. Certainly your body language will change. Where Here's another one. Where do you wear that ring? Let's say you have a ring, not like a wedding ring that you wear all the time, but a decorative ring. And some days you feel like wearing them and other days you're like, mm, I don't feel like wearing it. Yeah. That is unconscious. And you're putting them on the finger related to what you need support in. And you'll do that unconsciously. It's all, it's amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. So you are expressing yourself with your hands every moment, all the time, and a trained, someone trained in the divine hand method of palmistry can identify that. I, I was in a National Enquirer reading Princess Kate's hands just from her gesture as she's holding her baby back when the 
uh, Prince was born way back. And I could certainly read her hand just from her as she waved um, and and her hand gesture was revealing so much, right? So wow. really fun to do that kind of thing. Um, I, I thought it was really awesome and like fascinating. Um, like you broke down for me, which I appreciated very much, the like different parts of the hand, the different ways they correspond to elements or, or planets or signs and... Um, I mean, it tickled my heart that I had lava hands because um, I don't know if you watch Avatar The Last Airbender or The Legend yes. of Korra. Yes, I do. But, uh, but I always wanted to be like a lava bender. And so that was like really exciting to me. <laughs> I didn't know this. Here's, here's a little thing that everyone should know. I have not, we have resisted speaking to each other between the palm reading and now. Yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> and part of it is... There are so many surprises, and this is what I want to get into. Okay, I had no idea. I love those two series. I think I mm-hmm. like The Last Airbender a little better than The Legend of Korra, but for most for reasons. Yeah, lava bending. What? And you have lava hands, and that was always I your thing. You. So what is lava? So this is, uh, people are saying, that's not one of the four elements. If you've listened to the show <laughs> or if you've studied a little bit of witchcraft, you know that there's four elements, earth, air, fire, water. But what if they're... What if there's combinations, right? So if you, and and anyone can see this, if you know your astrology, perhaps you're an Aries with a Virgo rising and a Taurus moon, just like (laughs) me, right? That's me, right? (laughs) Well, that's cardinal fire, right? As Aries. And then it's two earth signs. So earth plus fire is lava, right? Mm. And so what does that mean? Fire as transformation and earth as tangibility, as things we can experience with our five senses. So people with lava hands are usually very interested in how the transformation of the tangible, right? And that's usually what they're very focused on. So it's yeah, really fun to so be able to Corey. do that. <laughs> totally Corey, right? Yeah. And and when when we were reading... Jim was like, and you probably do this and this and this. And I'm like, holy crap. Yes, I do. <laughs> how do you that, know that? that <laughs> how do you know? Because he's divine, y'all. He's divine. Oh, That's geez. how he knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Detta, what, what element of hands did you have? Do you remember? It was fire. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Taurus moon, and Scorpio rising. Mm-hmm. Which so, Scorpio is the fieriest of the water signs. <laughs> I don't know what, huh? What? <laughs> it's a, it's a water sign, but yes. it can be intense. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah, fire so, hands. It, that's amazing. That's about transformation in all realms, right? Very mm-hmm. cool. And a lot of other stuff in my chart has has talked about. I'm here to do a lot of transforming and. Uh, some of the same stuff actually that Aquarians are here to do. Mm-hmm. My chart has a lot of that stuff in it. So. Uh, Corey and I have chatted about that a little bit as well. So we couldn't find a lot when we went researching. Yeah. Um, it, it was really challenging. And I know we got some stuff wrong. To actually to that point, I <laughs> oh, do you say mean also, do you mean on the last podcast about yeah, 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 yeah. on the last podcast? So here's what I wanted to talk about specifically, like personally. Um, I have a book. I have one book like physical tangible book called the book of the hand it was a gift um but i as i was like 
trying to research with what I had available because I can't like go to the library right now. Um, I had such a hard time finding stuff that I felt like I could call reliable. So I just like, I tried to be very upfront at the beginning. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. These are the resources that I have. <laughs> um, and so like on, I, I have a two part kind of query for you. Um, what is palmistry and its history? Like, obviously we want to talk about that for others is like, what are some resources that they can trust? Like, how do you, yeah. def- how do you identify resources you can trust? That's something that we're running into, or at least I'm running into, cause I'm in charge of the history part of a lot of these right. um, is I'm, I'm running into like, where can I trust? And it ends up being a lot of like scholarly articles these days. And like a lot of like encyclopedia, Br- encyclopedia Britannica and like a lot of. Yeah. But even JSTOR didn't have a lot of, well anything on palmistry it didn't have we couldn't even rely on the academics for this one so for people who want to learn more aside from like going to your offerings and like talking to you and 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 engaging with um other palmists like how do you identify a resource that is like trustworthy and reliable right well unlike tarot or astrology palmistry is sort of the you know left behind orphan (laughs) divination method right and there's several others that are that are on the fringe of popularity there are certainly forms of divination that are unknown to most people right um however palmistry is one that's known enough but still suffers from much of the negative bias that has plagued divination divinatory practices prior to that so it used to be tarot card readings was seen as like very spooky or astrology was seen as something odd or con artist sure astrology benefits from its past association and uh association with astronomy that those were really the same thing and branched off from you know the science much like alchemy was just chemistry and those branched off also. So we have um, tarot, which didn't branch off from anything that was more, there's no scientific side to tarot, except that it is a playing card game originally and became a divinatory tool. But palmistry never benefited from that sort of thing and still remains slightly more, hmm, I don't know what the right word is, slightly more, odd or off the beaten path or even amongst people who are you know spiritual not religious or new agey or witchy it's still something that is a little odd and one of the reasons is there hasn't been a lot of modern books written about palmistry that are that Hmm. let go of fatalistic approaches i wonder who could write that book i know palmistry still suffers from the arc of fatalism on top of it. Something that astrology has moved away from and tarot has moved away from. For instance, mo- many people say, I don't want to know when I'm going to die. Or they say, I have a short lifeline, as if they know what that means, right? Because the books will say, if you have this line, you're basically up, up a creek without a paddle, right? If you have this line, you're blessed beyond measure. And we can find easily find examples where that isn't where the opposite is true. 
So I created a different method to update palmistry for modern times. And that gets into a little bit of the history of like what palmistry is and where it comes from. Wow. And Which are you I going to be sharing that in the future? I'll in... share with it right now. Oh, oh, oh okay. Do you oh, have yeah. time? So, yeah, cool. Of course. So what is palmistry? Palmistry is the art, some say the science, I'm yeah. saying more of the art. Uh, it's a divinatory practice, which means uh, divination is a, and I'm not looking up a technical definition, so <laughs> Corey, you probably have a better one, but divination is a way of interpreting random, so-called random uh, um, uh, patterns and making meaning out of those random patterns. So you can use divination by looking into a teacup after someone's uh, consume the tea and read the leaves and see different shapes, right? There's I cheese divination. Yeah. Oh, yes. You can look at the bubbles and the shapes and cheese. Augury is the uh, divining messages from birds and how they fly and their patterns and their occurrence, right? So you have a lot of different forms of divination. Divination in the form of tarot cards where you lay out a certain uh, cards in a certain pattern and then interpret and allow the signs to speak to you. Um, divination using astrology. Where are the planets when you were born and what do those mean and how do they relate with each other? So the hand has all these creases and lines and features that can be used for divination. And so that's what palmistry is. We don't know where palmistry comes from, but most people and the, I don't even know who to reference as far as a scholar, but in the research that I've done, I have found that likely palmistry that we know today, the palmistry that we know of in the West and in even the Eastern palmistry, likely originated in India. And it was a system that was very much entwined. This is important. Palmistry is and was a system very much entwined with Vedic practice. That means Vedic astrology. Vedic palmistry are often put together in the context of Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Which is so wild because I think most Westerners attribute it to the Romani people. Well, and, hold and on. A lot where, of did the, where did the Romani people come from? So let's talk about that. So yeah. it originates in India. The Romani people slowly migrate out of India over centuries to the Middle East, the Near East, Eastern Europe, up the Danube into Western Europe, and eventually here through those ways. What they brought with them is a practice of palmistry. And as their religious practice transformed, just as they transformed, as they migrated over generations out of India, the meaning of what the things are on the hand was durable and remained. But the context, the cultural context of Hinduism was lost in palmistry. So let me give you an example of how this plays out real quick. Let's say you have a, a so-called poverty line on your hand. Oh, you're destined to have to be impoverished. In India, the Vedic palm reader will say, great, no problem, now we know. You must do pujas to Lakshmi, the, the patron of wealth and abundance, Every whatever day is sacred to Lakshmi, whatever hour is sacred to Lakshmi, you will tie seven red ribbons around the tree that is sacred to Lakshmi. You will leave her in offering every week. You do these pujas for the prescribed amount of time in the prescribed way, and you mitigate there is remedy for the poverty line 
on your hand. Guess what? Mm. We still call that line the poverty line and we don't have a remedy. And so when you read Cairo's book, when you read Cairo's book on palmistry, in the book it will say things like, if you have this line, uh, misfortune shall befall you. And that's the oh, end wow. of the paragraph. Full stop. Full no stop. No way. Full Is that stop. the same book oh, you have, Corey? Bummer. Is no, that the same book you have? No, no, it's a different but one. It, I have a different one. You will find similar things in your book, Corey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is what has happened. I've had this experience with an with several Indian clients where we are comparing Vedic palmistry from Western palmistry. I believe that's what's missing. So here Got are it. a couple things that I want to offer. One, palmistry needs updated for modern culture and modern times. Palmistry is also here because of the Romani. And the Romani people mm-hmm. who have been persecuted and punished. Um, yes. Cairo himself, the author of many books on palmistry, culturally appropriated and did not give credit to his teacher in India and actually formed uh, um, foundations and organizations in England that kept and, and under the auspices of protecting the public from charlatans. Yeah, and really that we also, did talk about. It yeah. really also ended up screwing the Romani people who were doing palmistry as a form of their subsistence, right? Yeah. So you mm. have these complicated and problematic histories. I just want to say that I want to honor the unknown ancestry um, and not by blood, I do have Romani uh, um, ancestry, but I want to honor the un, the non-genetic ancestry of palmistry that was really made possible because the Romani people brought that into the Western consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. You might, uh, if you all listened to the palmistry episode we did, um, we did talk a lot about how Cairo brought this information over, but he did he did not credit totally appropriated it. uh where he learned it and he made it very exclusive and weird uh which of course when you make something exclusive someone is excluded and um that uh never goes well for those people um yeah so so that's a little bit about what it is and a little bit of the history yeah we know from and i i know that i cannot mention her name uh because she's asked us not to but Someone reached out to us after the episode who is Romani um, from Romania um, and and um, and gave us some information and recommended a book for me, which I am currently reading. Uh, It uh, was written about 25 years ago, and I'm excited to I've learned a lot about the Romani people and the amount of persecution is overwhelming. What? Can I borrow it when you're done? You absolutely may. It Thank you. Because it was written in 1995, it still has the G word in the title. And she assured me that, no, it was still a very acceptable book. It was, uh, and that it was incredibly accurate. And it is incredibly accurate. This person went over and interviewed a lot of people uh, who a lot of them don't have the written language, again, because of persecution and sometimes choice. Uh, because they were, well, read the book. I'll put it out there. I'll put out the title. What are some ways that people can 
find trustworthy, reliable sources to learn about palmistry because like you said, there's not a lot of modern books on it. And like I tried to find, there's not a lot of great websites or, or online resources. There's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say like scammy looking stuff, but there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of websites that are like, in just 15 minutes, you can learn all about palmistry. And it's like, no, you, you well, you, no, well, <laughs> uh, but it just all feels very um, profit driven, which like, stand in your truth, whatever, make your money. But profit, when you say like, profit, with an F or with a PH? With an F. Okay. And uh, for the for the dollars, yeah. uh, and what? so I. What are some like good resources for people who who really do want to educate and 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 spread actual knowledge? Wade through the mud. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to read the crappy books. It's okay to learn through things that you don't agree with. It's okay to read things you don't agree with. It's important. It's okay. Yeah, right. It's okay to read the books that have the fatalistic type of palm reading. They'll give you the basics, right, of how people read things. Probably my favorite book on palmistry is uh, The Art and Science of Hand Reading by Goldberg and Bergen. And that's a very thick, um, comprehensive book. Again, it has a lot of fatalistic information in there that I personally teach differently, but it's a great foundation. There are many, many books that give you a good foundation. Even the old books by Cairo. I mean, I collect antique palmistry books on purpose, right? Because they're fascinating. So that's where everyone gets their start. Read Wikipedia about it. Absolutely. Read about how it's a pseudoscience, 100%. And... If you're interested in reading palmistry and how to read palmistry, find a mentor because just like witchcraft, you're not going to find, you're not going to learn how to do witchcraft from books. You are going to learn a lot from books. You're going to have a lot of information from books, but until you actually do the magic, until you actually read hands, have a mentor, work with someone, in my opinion, it's a different experience, and I, I that's how I would recommend it. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm in it for the dollars. I'm not saying it because I myself am a am a mentor in these ways. It's that I, this is how I have experienced it. Well, to I was also, gonna. S- oh, I just want to clarify, like, um, if this is how you make your dollars. Yes, please make your dollars doing palmistry. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. I'm not trying to throw shade on people who are just like in it for the money, right. but like, there's a lot of those things that feel like um, they feel shallow. Like, they feel shallow, like yep. an Instagram ad. They're yep. like, in just five dollars here, just five yep. minutes, you can do this. But and I um, think that's a yeah. really good comparison. Like, if you go to Jim's website, which we're going to put in the show notes, you'll see a really great example of what a good website is and how to identify a legitimate palm reader. There are testimonials. There are histories. There are stories about your experiences. And you are a teacher and you are a mentor. I wanted to mention that as well. There are classes coming up right now. You're in the middle of one right now, but you're about to launch a 15-week. When does that start? That starts early May. It's a 15-week, the Divine Hand Palmistry Mastership Course. Level one mastership course. 
in those 15 weeks, you'll have over 30 hours of, of, I think it's 15, no, I think it's 20 hours of instruction and uh, whatever the balance is between that 10 to 15 hours of actual palmistry experience. We have live volunteers that you get to read their palm and learn through doing, learn the, the coursework, the curriculum that I've written. I've had, I've had um, two apprentices who have gone through this system and have been able to read palms beautifully as people so so to the question of how do you there's another question that i think is lying inside what corey said as a consumer how do you know your psychic or the person that you're going to get a reading from is legit how do we have that discernment around people providing intuitive readings and one of the things that is an unfortunate and common con job is a ten dollar reading at a shop in on a busy street somewhere in your town there's a person who's offering ten dollar readings and when you go in it's a a ploy to get you to spend maybe eight hundred dollars on a curse removal that they will no doubt discover in your palm or in your cards this type of thing is not really legitimate. You will find, um, I have Google reviews. I have people who have written, real people have written real reviews. None of my friends have written any of those reviews, right? Real clients that have written reviews on my Google page. You can find those on my Facebook page. I, I can't get rid of those things. Uh, if someone goes on there and wants to hate on me on my Facebook or on my Google reviews, Okay, I'm going to, you know, that's just what's there. I don't have any yet. One day I'll be that famous, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I want to also point out that when you do find somebody legitimate, please know that if you go and you find them on social media, they will not DM you and say, hey, do you want me to do this? Because there are a lot of scammers taking real people because people are starting to pick up the fact that they're scammers. So they take real people and then they still do their scam artists. So um, if you see someone on social media that's Divine Hand Jim with an extra M or something like that, and they DM you and they say, hey, I'm doing readings and they're only $25, that is certainly a scam because legitimate readers will not, directly dm you for that we will respond to dms they won't they won't text you (laughs) right we will yeah right we will respond to most dms sometimes sometimes we say no dm but yeah direct message on facebook you know this is part of the buyer beware be be thoughtful um and it's part of the fascination i mean honestly i'm just gonna say some of this nefarious stuff is a little bit spooky and that's kind of what makes it fun. And there's a little bit of the interest in there. You know, it's just part of the gravelly type of, you know, uh, liminal space in which witches and psychics and people ex- uh, can can live. And it's in this liminal type of arena that I think we have access to amazing things, both the, both the beneficial and the baneful, right? There's something yeah. on that edge that's really medicinal well and i think we wanted to end with oh 
just a real very brief i think that that is really uh important what you said just like be aware be thoughtful we say that a lot we say that a lot on this podcast like do your homework be thoughtful be mindful about what you're doing uh especially when it butts up against something you don't necessarily agree with or understand right away like just be just be thoughtful yes you have sovereignty in the way in which you relate with spirituality you are sovereign if you're getting a request from a deity to do something you are sovereign you do not need to say yes just because a deity is telling you to do something (laughs) you can choose powerfully to do the thing that's in alignment with your true will so you have agency and uh, and sovereignty in the way that you interact with spiritual readings with spirituality in general and that's what i really want to encourage people to know that's the power the power of the witch is i am sovereign i am not a supplicant in a church listening to someone and doing their bidding i am sovereign uh priest or priestess or i don't know what the non-gender specific word for that is priestex thank you I am a sovereign priestex in of in and of my spirituality and my spiritual practice. We talked about that a little bit with Mortellus when she was on as well. Although I have to say, when the Morgon speaks to me, I... <laughs> you are still sovereign. I am still sovereign, but yes. yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, I'd love to end with some of your wonderful stories and some of the mysticism. We've talked a lot about the practicalities of it. Talk to us about the stuff that draws us to divination and to palmistry and to these liminal spaces. Do you have any great stories oh, yeah. that you're willing I mean, to share? Absolutely. <laughs> Some of these experiences come at you when you least expect it. So one of the most moving, and I will try not to tear up when I tell this story. You can cry if you need to. Yeah. I cry all the time. (laughs) One of the most moving readings I ever, that that I ever experienced um, as as a palm reader was moving because of both what it did for my client and what it did for me. And... This was, I don't know, 15 years ago. And a woman and her gay best friend um, booked an hour-long reading and decided to split it with each other. So he got the first half and she got the second half. And they sat down in the living room and I it was a night out on Capitol Hill. So I live in Seattle. Capitol Hill is kind of the fun alternative party area of town. So they were just going to have a great night out, right? So in that vein, since I lived very close to Capitol Hill and they could just walk, I po- we poured ourselves some wine and we just sat down and we started doing palmistry. And it was so fun. And first I read his palm and we were bantering and gabby and hilarious and we laughed and it was incredible right after the 30 minutes it might have been 35 because it was really fun i moved to her palms and i was fully expecting another fantastic experience right and what happened i mean for those that know me i am never at a loss for words very rarely am i at a loss for words i was at a loss for words i held her hands in my hands and felt a block on my throat. I was doing that a lot. And so what I said to her was, 
<clears throat> I, um, uh, <clears throat> what was happening to me was the following. Over her shoulder in my mind's eye, something happened that had never, ever happened to me before. A figure in white occurred over her left shoulder. And immediately, the itty-bitty shitty committee that is in my head started in with Ernest. Oh, right, Jim. Of course, it's a figure in white. Oh, you are so dumb. That is the lamest made-up BS I've ever seen. Like, just focus on the palm reading and, like, be professional. What are you doing? And I was just, like, this image, my client and me were in this deadlock triangular sort of like, what's happening? And then the figure reached out with her hand and started tapping me on my forehead. I hope you could hear that. Oh, yep. <laughs> she started tapping me on the forehead. And I don't know if you've ever tried to do anything while someone is tapping you on the forehead like that, but it's a little <laughs> bit difficult. And so I had to stop. The worst thing you want your palm reader to do is give you your hands back and say something like I was about to say, which is, um, I need to take a break from looking at your hands, right? It's like the worst nightmare. But I did. I gave her her hands back and I said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I missed an important part. During this lockdown, this sort of tr like locked sort of energy, Something by the grace of the divine came into my mind and a little voice said, when are you really going to accept your gifts? And I got that this was an opportunity to accept my gift and to take a chance. And so I did. I gave her her hands back and I said, so I'm getting a really, something is happening to me, happening to me that's never happened before. I am seeing a figure in white over your left shoulder. It occurs to me like a maternal figure, like a mother, but I'm sure it could be an auntie or a grandmother. This figure is telling me three big messages in the form of emotional, like an emo three big emotional downloads. One, I love you more than anything. The love this figure has for you is incredible. And this is where I get a little choked up. Two, I am so much remorse. I am so sorry. I am huge remorse and, and sorrow and apology. And three, protection like a mama bear protecting her cubs. Like no one is going to mess with you because I will manifest out of the ether and kick their butt. <laughs> and so I told this to my client. I took a huge risk in veering away from what I know I know t how to do, which is palmistry, into something that I don't know how to do, which is some sort of channeling. And my, and my client said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a mother. I was raised in foster care. And I immediately was like very awkward silence, mostly undrank wine. <laughs> she said, uh, I said, well, you don't have to pay for the reading. And she says, no, oh, no, I'll pay for the reading. And it was like 10 minutes into her reading and they left 20 minutes before the hour was up. Insisted on paying and left. I was devastated. 
I was like, I'm never reading poems again. This is total, mom, maybe mom was right. Maybe it is devil worship, right? And I just was in my head about it. And no kidding, I have the emails and the timelines to, because to, I had to prove this for myself. Three days. Why is it always three days? <laughs> three days later, I get an email. So in Seattle, we had a serial killer by the name of Gary Ridgway also known as the Green River Killer. She told me in this email that her mother was a victim, one of his many, almost 80 victims, one of his victims. And he took away her ability to reform her life. He stole that from her. And she never thought about having a mom and never in a million years thought her mom would show up in this reading. But her mom did. And it healed, she said, it healed her experience with her mother in a way that was unbelievable. And then she said, best money I've ever spent. Wow. Exactly. And I thought, so here's the breakthrough for the client is obvious. What about for me, the reader? I realized I was tested. I was given some spiritual weightlifting right then. Do I really believe in my gift? Do I accept the the gift that I have by honoring it and by knowing and listening and having a little bit of faith in myself, in the divine, in the universe? And I am so glad I did because I changed someone's life that day. Yeah, you did. They wow. changed. Yours. I should say yeah. she changed her life with the information that she was able to hear. And you changed your life by accepting the gift. That's right. Wow. That's right. I'm so it's a, I know, right? <laughs> so is Corey. <laughs> it's, it's a lesson for all of us to understand that when we humbly accept, hum, true humility is, is accepting our gifts and embracing them. It's putting, it's, it's, it's not hiding our gifts. It's actually being in them. And we are taught this weird thing that humility is like being self-deprecating or hiding what we do. Humility is actually gratefully acknowledging and in sharing our gifts with others. And that's what also I learned that day is I am an amazing palm reader. And I don't say that because I have a big head or because I'm insecure. I say that because people have been able to use the information that I find on their hands and through their hands to make their lives better. Well, I would like to give you a gold medal. So just, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I love that you say that too. I recently had a conversation and I was like, it's 2020 fun. We need to stop pretending that we're not good at the things that we're good at. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Particularly... 100%. Uh, yeah, particularly like fems and thems, like we often are told like, you got to be humble, you got to be like meek and, and defer. And it's like, no, I'm really good at a lot of stuff. And you know what, I'm really tired of uh, pretending that I'm not. And uh, there's nothing like more satisfying than when that first time you actually say, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am very good at that. And like mean right. it and feel it and like sit in it. Um, so yeah, I'm, or I'm, I love doing it. What I love to say is, yes. thank you. I love doing it. I'm so grateful yeah. that I can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that I love that you were able to to like have that and find it and like yeah. 
like stand in it. Right. <laughs> so there are so many other stories. I mean, story after story of readings that have changed me as a person that have changed that it, that the person I don't do the work. This is the other thing. You get a reading from me, you apply what you've learned, you're doing the work. A woman came to me once and she said, "You saved my marriage from the reading <laughs> I gave her," right? And I said, "I did not save your marriage. You saved your marriage." Yeah. And I want I want to give you props that you sought out information and wisdom from a source, from an unconscious, from a deep spiritual source, and then you applied it. Amazing. Use the tools because you could have given her the tools and she could have ignored them. Yes. Yeah. So right. yeah. I also great. could have given her yeah. a fatalistic reading yeah. about oh, you and your husband look like you're having trouble. Oh yes, very a lot of trouble. You're probably going to have a, a new husband in the future. Right. And that would surely have broken them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Jim, I hope you come back, you yeah. mystic you, and tell us more stories uh, again. Maybe uh, maybe when your book comes out. If- oh, yes. I'm working on a book. Yeah. Um, so that will be about my method and that. I believe will be a reliable source of information, but yeah. it's for everyone to read and to, you know, love on and hate on as they wish. It's totally fine. Well, um, I can't wait to pre-order it. Yeah. yeah, right? Exactly. It'll be a little while. I'm still learning how to write a book is hard. Sure. But in the meantime, I'm on Instagram, the divine hand. Um, I'm on I'm on Instagram as divine hand Jim. I'm on the web at thedivinehand.com. Uh, and... Through both of those, you can find free, a free lesson on palmistry. You can find um, uh, courses on palmistry and learn it yourself and interact with me. I love Instagram. It's really my number one place that I am on social media. Jim, thank you so much. Thank you, Jim. This was super fun. So happy to be here. And I was so inspired by your episode. You got much of your episode was so right on and you know it was just <laughs> fascinating generous. to hear yeah it was so fun to hear you talk about palmistry and of course the whole time i'm like oh 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 call pick me pick me oh my god i have something wait what about this it was so much fun so i just loved that i what i also love is that you're willing to go to places that you don't know and there's very few podcasts out there that people are willing to talk about things they don't know anything about and be honest about that. So often the podcast is, hello, I'm so-and-so and and I know everything. Like, that's no fun. So that's not us. It invites invites the listener in to message you and and you learn more things. You got a book on the Romani people and you got me as a guest. So I love it. So keep doing that. Thank, thank you. you so much, Jim. And you That's you so keep nice. doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we love and adore you, and we'll see you on the gram. And thank you so All much right. for being so generous with your time. Yeah. Always. Always. I can't wait to come back. That was amazing. It he was is awesome. Very amazing. Very amazing. <laughs> uh, we had a, a hard out time and it was very hard for us because we just wanted to keep talking and oh, talking and talking. I so wanted to. <laughs> and what was wild, we shared with him what our sparks were going to be because we had to. Because I started to talk to him about Corey's spark. Dana tried to spoil it. 
<laughs> I totally did. So because of that, we have him talking about what our sparks are. And we're going to uh, we're going to tell you what our sparks are. And then we will put what he says about his sparks. Because he does it beautifully and succinctly and just like so nice. Hey, do you want to send up some sparks? I would love to do that. Um, so mine, I wanted to shout out uh, this thing that he does every Tuesday on Instagram called Meet a Mystic. It is so fun. I am learning about all kinds of really great people and different practices, and it's just so cool. And I'll let him tell you about it. Every Tuesday on Instagram, we meet a mystic on my Instagram live, Meet a Mystic. And it is so much fun because I especially love having other palm readers on there. I don't see other palm readers as competition. They are colleagues, just like other spiritual people. And I'm booked through August on that Meet a Mystic. Wow. And so it's super fun. It's a, it's so much. It's so awesome. You can watch the replays. I'm figuring out how to take that sort of format maybe off of IG Live into a broader format. Get that YouTube the, channel. You, you heard it here first. But in the meantime, I'm having a blast on Instagram, and that's really fun. And then my spark was going to be about his upcoming classes. If you are interested at all in doing palmistry, or if you're interested in learning about it so you understand it when somebody else does it, then I would say take one of his classes. He has a free class that you can download. And then he has a four-week class that he does every once in a while. And he's about ready to do this other thing. And I'll let him tell you about it. And the classes, all of those... Our, uh, my goal is that you have fun and that you learn something and have a perspective. And especially in palmistry, when I'm teaching intro to palmistry, when I'm teaching the palmistry mastership course, you have your own way of reading. And that's what we bring out. You don't, you're not a carbon copy of James Divine. You're not divine hand Jim in, you know, redheaded, uh, beautiful redheaded form data you are data the amazing beautiful wise human that you are using a method that you can adapt to your own style and your own beliefs or if Corey, you're gonna learn it it would be the gorgeous Corey's reading and it would be <laughs> totally different but it would follow similar principles and similar sort of rubric so that's what's important about the um the course is that it's less of a sort of you know um wrote there's not a lot of rote memorization there's not a lot of sort of that uh classic awful schooling it's a class that you generate that we generate together well this was really fun it's a very fun one i know i'm actually thinking about going onto his website and taking that free class yeah yeah it's it's good it's a great i think yeah i don't know if it's a class or it's a download Ooh, i may have misspoken I'm getting confused because I took a class with him at WitchCon, and I know he has a free download. I think now he I said it was a class. Yeah, yeah, right. You can explore that website and get to know him a little bit better. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, this was really fun. Uh, we look forward to uh, next week. But until then, be well. Harm none. And don't forget that you are magic. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. 
You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.